0: Hello, and welcome to Biota. I'm Phil Gibson. In this episode, I'm going to explain a biological concept that is fundamental to studies of life at any level, from the subcellular and below, to the ecosystem and beyond. That concept is systems. A system is any defined set of interacting parts that work together and interact to perform some function. A system has a purpose, it does something. When we describe the features of a system, we can talk about its structure and organization, the various inputs and outputs, its internal processes that are part of how it operates. We can further explain how its separate components are specialized to perform different functions. Systems can be simple or they can be highly complex with smaller subsystems operating within them. Or a system itself can be a component of a much larger, more complex system. Scientists typically study systems using models Models simplify systems so that they can be studied and manipulated. Models can take many forms. They can be diagrams, words, equations, or actual physical pieces. It really doesn't matter. What is important is that a model accurately represents the system and its parts in some way. Because of this, models allow scientists to simplify complex systems into a smaller number of items that they think are particularly important. The model is essentially a framework that serves as a starting point for understanding how the system works. Let's look at skeletons as an example. The skeleton is one of several systems that are part of a typical mammal. The skeletal system is made of parts called bones. The skeleton interacts with other systems, such as the muscular and nervous systems to perform different functions. But for now, let's just think about the bones. The bones are the parts of the skeletal system that work together to perform different functions. They support the body protect organs and they serve as a series of hinges and levers that operate at different joints throughout the body. We can describe the system of bones in the skeleton using different models. We can draw the different bones and show how they are organized into the axial and appendicular subsystems. We can shape plastics or other materials into physical models of the skeleton, its bones, and their features. We can use words to describe structure and function of the bones at different joints such as the complex hinges in the wrist and ankle the ball and socket joints in the hip and shoulder, or the pivot joints where your skull sits on your spine. Mathematical models can be developed to describe how the bones interact with muscles to transfer force through these different types of hinges acting as part of a lever system. All of these are models describing the skeletal system. Let's dive a bit deeper by considering a quick example of system thinking using one component of your skeletal system, your skull. The mammalian skull is composed of a single bone called the mandible that forms the jaw and a collection of other bones that fuse together to form the cranium around the brain. Together, the mandible and the cranium are part of the food processing function in the skull system. The jaw joins the cranium at a hinge called the temporomandibular joint or TMJ for short. Open and close your mouth a few times. This occurs because the muscles are transmitting force to move the mandible at the TMJ. If you clench your teeth, you can feel one of those muscles on your cheek, the masseter. It attaches the bones of the zygomatic arch, also called your cheekbone, to the mandible. You can feel it contract to close the mouth. Next, place your hands on either side of your head, just above your ears. Open and close your mouth to feel another muscle, the temporalis, that attaches to the temporal bones on either side of your head down to the mandible to bring the jaw upwards when it contracts. Other smaller muscles inside the mouth attach the mandible to the cranium to open it. All of the bones work together to transfer force supplied by muscles to the mandible in order to chew. Let me summarize where we're at so far. The skull is a system of different parts, the bones. They work together for biting, chewing, and feeding. The skull is a subsystem of the larger skeletal system. The skull and skeletal systems interact with the muscular and nervous systems plus different epithelial tissues, to eat and perform other complex functions. These interactions can be described through different types of models. Using any of our models of the skull system, we could next collect and interpret data to compare skulls from different animals. We could measure them, compare their similarities and differences, study the position of the eyes, compare lengths and sizes of bones. When we do this, Patterns start to emerge that reveal the specialized functions and adaptations of different skull systems. For example, mandibles of herbivores are longer with flat teeth in the rear. Teeth in carnivores are sharper and slice past one another like scissors. Eye positions even show consistent differences as summed up in the old saying, eyes in the front, animal hunts, eyes on the side, animal hides. By taking a systems approach to our studies, the relationships between structure and function begin to emerge. The important relationship between structure and function brings me to one final and extremely important aspect of systems to consider. Systems have what are called emergent properties. The idea of emergent properties is best summed up by the statement that the whole of a system is more than just the sum of its parts. That is to say, a functioning system has properties that are not properties of any of its individual components. Consider the 213 bones in your skeleton that are specialized for their individual functions. Think about all the muscles that attach to them, the nerves routed through to the brain to connect them and allow communication. Every one of these things has its own defining features and functions. We could make a list of all of the different cells and tissues and organs and and list all of those different properties that they have and the things they do. But one thing you would not find on that list of any of them is that they could do this. that's an emergent property the ability to play a rhythm listen to that rhythm or even enjoy a rhythm those are emergent properties of the organismal system they are the things the system can do when its parts work together emergent properties are really often the thing that scientists are studying to learn about biological systems so as far as an organismal system is concerned its emergent properties are what we call life let me summarize Systems are organized collections of definable parts that have some functional purpose. Systems can operate independently or interact with other systems. Scientists develop models as a tool to simplify systems so that they can be studied. A systems approach can be a valuable way to investigate the world around us and help us find answers to different biological questions. I'm Phil Gibson, and this has been Biota. For more information about this episode and others, please visit my website, jphilgibsonlab.oucreate.com. Editorial assistance was provided by Terry Gibson. Thanks for listening, have a great day, and take very good care of your genetic material. All opinions expressed here are those of the authors alone. Biota is a production of Under the Juniper Studios. Thank you.